Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And before we get into the episode, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, follow the show. It really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and have really enjoyed all the support that we've had so far. So uh, today we got a bunch of different uh, topics and stories I would like to go over. We actually have a new topic that we're going to be going over, which is the, the quick bite section, where we're going to go over some, some smaller stories throughout the day. But first story, and it's one, well, you see it in the title, Magic Johnson for USA Track and Field Team President. So <laughs> I say this kind of half jokingly, but also not that jokingly. But uh, if you didn't see it, the last week, so what was it? I think it was on Tuesday of, of this previous week. Magic Johnson tweets out, I'm a big track and field fan, and I watch every year. Does anybody know if they have qualifying races for the Olympics? If so, when? So Magic Johnson comes out saying he is a big track and field fan. Kind of funny that a big track and field fan doesn't know that the Olympic trials is something that's a thing here in the United States. But that's neither here nor there. It's just nice to see one of the biggest names in track and in sports history is a fan of your sport. And it was crazy because right after he announces that he's just a fan. He doesn't even say, you know, oh, man, yeah, like I'm, I've been – I've, you know, I've been doing like this is the first time that he mentions he's a fan. He hasn't been saying this every single year. You don't see we haven't seen him at these big meets. You haven't seen him, you know, mentioning anything. This is the first time he ever mentions track and field. And we automatically see tons and tons of people already offering free tickets to the Olympics and come out to the, the NCAA championship and, and watch this here, all that type of stuff. And it, it's crazy how how big of a name you know Magic Johnson is, and just sending out a, two tweets. He then asked about the NCAA championship and if it's going to be held in Eugene at the new Hayward Stadium. So he is watching and knowing that that's being built, which is great. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of funny. And, yeah, I would love to have Magic Johnson as, as team president for USA Track and Field. I mean, he was at one point the team president for the Lakers. I mean, that lasted a very short period of time, but – he showed that he has the capability of running a big business. I mean, he's run several large businesses or small businesses and teams and, and all that types of stuff over the course of his career post-basketball. So why not USA Track and Field? Just throw in one more. Uh, I'm sure having a, a large name like Magic Johnson associated with track and field is only going to help the sport grow. Because now you're getting fans that are basketball fans, uh, Lakers fans, um, and all that, you know, fans of other sports that see, oh, Magic Johnson's associated with track and field. Maybe we take a look at that or something. Maybe I'm going to tune into the trials instead of just maybe take a look at the results of the men's 100-meter final and that be it. I mean, so I would, I would love it. I think that would be fantastic. Is it going to happen? No shot. There's, there's no chance that he does anything. He just sent out a tweet saying he's a track and field fan. But I would be a fan. I would fully support it. So uh, Magic Johnson, president of USA Track and Field. It's coming. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, next, uh, as I mentioned, going to go over some quick bites. So 
just a few things going on throughout the track and field world this past week that, I mean, I think they were pretty interesting. Uh, don't know if they deserve a whole long segment to talk about it, but a, a couple interesting topics nonetheless. So uh, first, this previous week was actually on the same day that Magic Johnson said that he is a huge track and field fan. Uh, we saw that FlowTrack announced they are going to be having exclusive coverage of the pen relays through 2025. So uh, as many of you know, I have a love-hate relationship with FlowTrack. I think, one, they're the big of the biggest media coverage um, personalities or the biggest media company to cover track and field. And so... With that, I think that it's great that they have a lot of money to be able to cover it in a ideal way where there's actually, you have announcers and good camera work and you have sponsorships and you have all that where you can tell that it's a good production. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant on flow track because I think that the way that they have their coverage build where every single thing is essentially something that you have to pay for to watch like no I understand you have to make money for sure and, it, and it's it makes sense but I don't know I think that the way the fact that it's everything's behind a paywall makes it difficult for for new fans to watch the sport and so this is 100% going to be behind a paywall it's a three-day meet it's one of the biggest meets in the entire country 100% this is going to be behind a paywall and that stinks. I mean, it's it's great because it's going to get worldwide coverage. Uh, more people will probably watch it. I don't think there was uh, many live stream coverage in the past. I don't know what's happened in the past. But this is going to be one that will have more coverage. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'll, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, next, uh, kind of in the line of pen relays, the Drake relays say that they're going to be having fans this year. So that's actually going to be within the next week or two, actually. It's, it's coming up pretty soon. So uh, Drake Relays, which is which hel is held in Drake uh, at, at Drake University, they're having fans, socially distanced, wearing masks. So um, while the Penn Relays kind of its partner, but on the wet, on the East Coast, uh, Drake Relays held on the same day uh, traditionally, but on the, the I guess, Central, um, they will be having fans. Penn Relays, obviously, is, is not even hold, being held this year. Uh, next, uh, we had Obi Akabokwe. Uh, definitely butchered his name, but he is a 400-meter runner uh, from the United States. He started off at Arkansas and then transferred to Houston uh, his senior year, I believe, which was in 2018, 2019, and then went, went professional. He actually has a gold medal in the um, mixed 4x4 four four, uh, relay. Um, he's part, he was part of that Team USA team that, that won in, in 2019. Uh, he has actually just been banned for 30 months uh, for the f for anabolic steroids being found in one of his most recent drug tests. Uh, so to break that down, that's two and a half years. So he's going to be missing the Olympics as well as the World Championships. And so just on the on the surface of it, you see, okay, like I mean, you you did you did steroids, like this is off, like it's bad, like it's worth the uh, it's worth the ban. Um, it make it makes sense, especially if it's your your first your first time. We've we've had a lot of issues with with drugs in in our sport. Uh, it's just not been you know not been a great thing. And when you look at what his side of the story is, you can kind of sympathize with with what's going on. So he said 
that he f- he was he had ten pictograms, which is one trillionth of a gram of DHCMT found in his uh, system. So that would be take one grain of salt and cut that in half, one hundred and eighty-seven thousand times. That's how much of this drug that he said he didn't un- he didn't know what it was was found in the system, and. Originally, he was facing up to a four-year ban uh, because he said he didn't know where he took it from. He was unfamiliar with this drug. I uh, didn't know where he ingested it, but eventually got it down to being a, a two-and-a-half-year ban. And so, yeah, um, it seems like there, there's a lot of these steroids cases that are coming up in, the, in track and field. Um, we saw a few with a, a hurdler not too long ago, and I think there's also a guy from uh, Ireland that was just – um, you know, got a lo- gotten a lot of trouble for attempting to sell uh, steroids. So uh, there's a lot of these these things going on. I'm sure we're only going to see more of it as we get a little closer to the Olympics, and people are trying to you know find those quick those quick fixes potentially for you know making the teams or, or whatever it might be. So uh, that was that one. Last little quick bit. Uh, Justin Gatlin. This guy just does not stop. Uh, he ran a 9.98. And he, that is his fastest time before May ever. And he's 39 years old. I'll say that again. We had a guy who is 39 years old run a 9.98. That is insane. This is, this guy is running crazy times as, as at a crazy age. I mean, he's doing his, some of his best work on the track at 39. I mean, if you're you're gonna if you're gonna make a comparison of what this guy is like, I mean he's he's got the longevity of like a LeBron James right now, where he's at the top of the game, he's at the top of his game, at an age that most other people and most other you know legends in the sport would have been long gone by then. Like Usain Bolt, he Usain Bolt's actually younger than Justin Gatlin, but he retired in what was it 2017. So he's showing that he has longevity because now he's, he's preparing to have, you know, a pretty great year finishing up. He said that 2021 was going to be his last year. I mean, could he win an Olympic gold? I think that he has a, obviously a great shot at being on the, being in the, the finalists. Uh, he's someone that you can never count out, like just continues to be dominant. Even if he doesn't have the fastest time, it's someone that he has just so much experience I don't know. You wouldn't want to bet against Justin Gatlin. Like I would never bet against this guy for being, you know, making the final and, and hell even, even trying to push for a gold medal. I mean, he could do it. He could do it. Uh, so that was an interesting one. Uh, staying on the sprinter side of, of track and field, we had what Shakari Richards. So formerly of LSU, uh, now she's professional. She ran a 10.72 in the 100, which is the sixth fastest time of all time uh, in the 100. Crazy, crazy time. Uh, this is actually at the same meet. What was the the Miramac, the Miramar Invitational in in Florida, uh, which was a pretty stacked race or a pretty stacked meet. Had a lot of really great uh, competitions coming out of that meet. Really, a lot of really great athletes and. Uh, she ran, you know, crazy time, win legal, um, and so with this time, I mean, it shows that her 10.75 that she ran as a freshman at the outdoor championships in what was it, 2019, was not a fluke. 
that she has the capability of running fast times and doing it on a consistent basis. And I love that because now she's in the competition of, is she now the favorite in the women's 100 at the Olympics? I mean, there's a lot of really great athletes, um, and especially coming out of Jamaica, you have Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, who's won, what, like six golds at the world stage, and, and Elaine Thomas, who or Thompson, sorry, uh, who is also, um, she's I guess she's younger in the game. She's still a little bit older than uh, Shakari, but she's also has a very, very much elite speed, as well as many other girls uh, throughout the, the, the track and field world. So... Does she now put herself in that competition where she's the favorite? I don't know if she's the, the favorite yet. Um, I think she's, she's pretty close. She has another one of these types of races um, that she does going throughout the year. I'm not sure what her schedule is going to be from now to the trials and then you know with the Olympics, obviously. Not sure exactly what she's going to do. But if she can drop another, another time that's sub 10.75 or, or in that range, and d- depending on what Shelly Ann uh, Fazer-Price runs, if she decides to run very much during this outdoor season, I think that she is going to be in, in some good competition to, to have that, that, uh, you know, that, that title and, and be the, an Olympic champion. So she's someone I'm super excited for um, this year. Uh, she's just been running you know, really, really incredible times. So she's someone to, to definitely watch. Uh, Last story uh, that I wanted to cover today is uh, Casey Lightfoot. So if you aren't familiar, I actually had him on the podcast. He was our very first interview uh, of the interview series. So if you look up interview series, Casey Lightfoot, uh, I believe it was sometime in January. I think January 27th, if I remember correctly. Um, He was our first interview uh, or second interview. Yeah, second. And so uh, if you take a look, I uh, had a great, great conversation. This is actually right before he jumped his, his six meter, uh, his six meter jump. So uh, you can kind of see the, the context there. But he decides to to go pro. So Casey Lightfoot out of Baylor. He is the national record holder in the men's pole vault for in the indoors uh, indoor season. Uh, he decides to forego the rest of his collegiate eligibility and go pro. Uh I think it's a, a good and an interesting decision that, that he's making. So he decides that he's going back home uh, to his old coach that he had growing up. And so this means he's, he's leaving the guy that was coaching him when he jumped six meters, uh, which some people would say, like, why are you going to, to leave a coach that, you know, helped you coach, you know, help you jump six meters? But He's, he feels more comfortable uh, going back home and, and being prepared because, like you mentioned, the United States pole vaulting and really just the United States pretty much throughout every event in track and field, except for maybe the 1500, is really stacked. And so he recognizes, hey, if I want to be able to not just make the team, but I also want to really go for – go for gold because he is one of those few athletes that really could go for gold. I mean, on the professional level, now you have, what, Kendricks, uh, Lightfoot, and Nielsen, and uh, Walsh, I guess you could say, Cole Walsh. Those are probably, like, the four best vaulters right now all hovering around that six-meter mark. And if he wants to put his best foot forward in this thing, I mean, yeah, you can't be – 
bogged down, I guess you could say, with, with going to class and, and doing all of these other things that a regular student-athlete would have to do and worrying about your NCAA schedule because the NCAA schedule is a lot more strenuous than the professional schedule where you can actually create which meets you're going to be going to and, and what competitions you're going to be in and who you're going to be competing against. Where with the NCAA, Baylor already has their schedule. You know what meets you're competing in, and it's a little bit more often. So this, I think, is a smart move. Uh, it has a lot of, I guess, ramifications. Now the NCAA championship for uh, – or the NCAA champion – yeah, the NCAA championship is wide open uh, for the collegiate level because it was going to be Casey Lightfoot pretty much just walking away with this thing, and now it's wide open on, on who's going to win. I mean, we did just see uh, Zach Bradford. He did have a PR. Uh, I think he jumped, what, 581. Uh, so he, he's up there. They're, I mean, just the guys from Kansas are, are going insane right now. Uh, you have the guy from BYU um, drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, but I guess there's really two guys from BYU that are, that are doing really well. Uh, guys from Sam Houston, um, a, a lot of really great competi competitions that are, that are going to be coming up, a lot of great vaulters. And so it's now wide open on who can win this national championship. Uh, if I had to guess, I mean, I, I'd probably go with, with Zach Bradford. Uh, I think that He's shown to have some really great competitions, show up when it counts, and he did just get his first PR in a, in a couple of years. I think it was four years he had mentioned. And so being able to, to take that motivation and moving it forward and being able to know, hey, this is wide open, anyone, this is anyone's championship, I think he could take advantage of it. But it will be interesting, and I'd love to hear what you guys think is going to happen at that national championship, who's going to end up taking the crown now that KC Lightfoot isn't there. But, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Track World News. I hope that you guys really enjoyed it. We actually have some super exciting content that's going to be coming your way within the next few months. Uh, a lot of really cool announcements that I can't wait to, to share with you guys. Uh, we've been working on a few different things over the past uh, few months now, and it's, it's looking like it's going to be, it's gonna be the, the real deal. So thank you all for, for sticking with us. And if you like this episode, make sure that you – Give us a follow, like, share, share with a friend. It really helps us know that, that you're enjoying what's going on. Um, if you want more content, follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, we post a lot of stuff there, um, whether it be breaking news clips, uh, clips of the show, or anything like that. So have a good one, and I'll see you soon. Peace.